Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and my co-host Stephen Ellis is a part-time woodworker running Old South Woodcraft. We have both encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 10, where we're going to talk about spending money to make money. And today I am joined by Steven. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man, about yourself. it's it's felt It feels like we haven't talked in forever, even though we talk every day. We're just not talking via via the podcast. Every yeah, we, day. Haven't, we haven't recorded a podcast in probably a week and a half. Yeah. We were but, ahead of schedule, and now we're, now we're right up. Now we're right up against the schedule again. But, I mean, yeah, things happen. Things happen. I know last week was a pretty packed week for you, so. Yeah, my parents were visiting, so we were on the move, always doing something. So, I am kind of worn out and just need things to slow down a little bit. You and me, you and me both, man. You and me both. I don't know how my weekend's going to look. It depends on how this hurricane goes for us. I heard about that. I'm glad I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, I don't think it's really going to be that bad where, you know, where we live in the state or where I live in the state. But the fact that I have clients, major clients in, in Charleston, um, means that potentially, I mean, as soon as the weather clears out, and they, you know they get okay from the police and the fire department to go in. I may be like boots on the ground doing God knows what. It just depends on it. Just depends on the client and how severe it is. They're saying that it might rival Charleston. Hugo, I think, was the huge one. Like back when we were kids in the like the early early nineties. Oh man. Yeah, I mean it was so bad that I think like they had to redo completely like redo parts of Charleston. I, and most of like the East Coast. I moved at the right time. <laughs> so what are you watching this week? Honestly, this week I'm still watching the same stuff I'm watching. So I thought I would throw out a um, kind of musical recommendation. Um, I've got uh, I've got two um, a band uh, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, and then this uh, independent country guy f- from. Of all places, Saskatchewan, I believe, is where he's from. He's either from Saskatchewan or Manitoba. He's a guy named Coulter Wall. He legitimately sounds like he walked off the back forty in like some rural part of Mississippi, though. <laughs> he sounds he sounds not at all close to being Canadian or Midwestern anything. He sounds like he's from Mississippi. Maybe he is deep down. No, no. Well, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I was like, no, I know for sure he's from somewhere <laughs> in Canada. So those are those are my two recommendations because they're just I think they're really good musicians. The Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats have got some pretty big songs that people have probably heard in the past couple of years. I'll have to look into so, it. Yeah. So how about you, man? What have you been watching? I'm assuming you red boxed something recently. I red boxed Avengers, which Ooh, was yes. it was pretty good, but it wasn't as 
up to the hype as I was expecting, I guess. There was more hype than what I got out of it. Yeah. It was still yeah. good, but it wasn't like... I don't think it lived up to the hype everybody gave it. And then we watched... Well, I watched Deadpool 2. <sighs> I'm still waiting to see that. I want to see it really bad. Is it I not was, great? I didn't think it was that good. And there's probably people that are going to hate me for that, but... Like, it wasn't a that much of a different storyline from, like, most movies and not that much different in reality than the first one. It's just, like, a it's a different storyline, but it's still, like, oh, this happened, I'm bummed. Or, in this case, well, I'm not going to ruin the movie, but, like, something happens and then he, like, goes into a depression meltdown which is kind of what he did in the first one yeah so i think it was just not as good as it could have been if that makes sense mm. but i guess there, there's always potential there sometimes a sequel is definitely a big uh a big failure pile yeah sometimes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it happens it happens so do we want to roll into our uh, our episode ten, our big episode ten that uh, just kind of kind of happened to fall into place for us in the last few weeks or so? I, I know last week you were definitely on the spending money to make money campaign, but I think it's paying out for you in in major ways other than necessarily just straight up monetary. I am still doing that to some extent, so yeah. Okay, it's working out so far. All we'll right. see how well it goes further down the line. All right. <laughs> well, do we want to explain to to the listeners kind of what we're what we're saying by spending money to make money? You know, we're not we're not saying go out and buy a uh, you know buy a brand new tool or go out and spend a bunch of money on materials just because you can, just because you think you're you're investing in. Um, especially if you don't need that tool for an upcoming job or you've worked this long without having a particular tool, you may not want to spend that money right now. You may want to save it. Well, when we came up with this topic, it actually has nothing to do with investing in tooling or materials beyond what you would need to make stuff. Because when we're talking about spending money to make money in this case, it's more of the Make some of your products, whatever that might be, whether it's cutting boards, whether it's coasters, uh, probably not furniture just because of the time involved and the cost. Yeah. Mostly small things that are like, um, you know, it may cost you 20 bucks to make or less, probably. The not including your time, mind you. Yep. Yep. So more of the, um, you know, magnets or keychains or cutting boards or maybe it's small jewelry boxes or something. Whatever it might be that you make that doesn't cost you a lot in money or materials to do. Uh, it may take some time, but taking something you can make and giving it away to people that then may either share it or want to buy another one uh, whatever that might look like so I've been kind of doing this uh, for my maker experiment stuff uh, and lately and it seems to be paying off in a couple different ways so far 
Okay. Yeah, so for me, it would be, I guess, more on the, like, make a cutting board or make make smalls, coasters, things like that. Um, things that I can possibly batch out or I've already got, you know, a decent amount of leftover materials. I can, you know, roughly take, take you know, what I would consider scrap or, or excess and just batch out a bunch of small stuff. Stuff that doesn't take up much room, but, you know, you either give it as a gift or you give it as promotional. I know a lot of yours is more promotional stuff because, I mean, you're doing everything custom for individual clients. So it's all custom to whatever their their brand or logo is. Really, the things that I'm making are all from material I have already. So everything I've done recently is material I had on hand. And the reason I started getting into it was actually to try and grow my Instagram. Um, and as a result, because Instagram's kind of my number one platform that I'm using. So it was my way of marketing in a way. Because I had this material laying around. So some of it I wanted to get rid of because I've had it for a while and it was kind of taking up space. So when it came to like keychains or magnets, I had that already and I just laser engraved and cut some of them uh, and gave them away and said, Hey, this is what I make. Uh, if you would be interested, I'd like to make some for your company. And in this case, I wasn't necessarily contacting individuals for magnets or things like that. It was usually like companies. Uh, so Revmark was one of those. And they ordered some magnets afterwards. So, I mean, I gave them a handful. And then later on, they're like, yeah, that looks like a good idea. If you can get the price to this, uh, we'll order some. And then I have one coming up. I know a buddy that works uh, for a company that goes to trade shows like SEMA. Mm -hmm. And they give out promo items like magnets and keychains and pens and all that stuff. Everybody likes having their swag bag. Exactly. So he... He said, hey, if you if you make this design and you can make it into a magnet and you can make it about this price, um, we'll order some from you. Cool. So that's kind of where I focus the, the keychains, the magnets kind of stuff, is the companies that use them as promo items at trade shows. So if you make, if you happen to have like a CNC or a laser engraver or something like that, that you can batch out large volumes because... Trade shows are usually like, hey, we need 100. Yeah, they they want lots and lots of quantity. Yeah, so those are the ones where you're going to have to have some kind of automated way to do it. And not necessarily own it, but you can say, hey, I have this design, and then go have a makerspace make it, or a friend, or find somebody local and pay them to make them for you. It may, it may not be profitable up front because a lot of the stuff I did when I started was not profitable at all but after you start getting traction in some of those uh, you'll be able to justify buying your own machine and then that's where you can start making more money off of it yeah because at that point you just need you pretty much just need the raw materials which I mean for you is that magnet with a veneer on it or I'm not sure I know you I know you buy them as pre-done sheets so it depends there's there's laminate material that you then 
put a sticky backed magnet material to it. So you kind of peel off the adhesive and you stick it onto the laminate. Mm. And then there's another one where it's already magnetic and you just laser engrave it and it engraves from gold into black. So it just depends on the material you want to use. Yeah, see, I like the gold to black a lot better because having to do that two-part, like, then applying a magnet to something that you, you know, it's just, it seems like an extra step that's not quite worth it. Unless somebody batch, unless you know you're batching out some a ton of stuff at a very very low cost. Well, and then the the cost for both of them is about the same by the time you apply the magnet to the laminate. Mm-hmm. But the thing I've noticed is the the flexible magnet that's black and engraved to gold mm-hmm. uh, is super thin and flexible, so it doesn't warp. But the laminate will warp, and it's like an eighth of an inch thick, so any oh, warping crap. causes problems. Yeah. So there's good and bad to both. But that's kind of the promo side. And then there's the, I would say, the more social influencer side, I guess is kind of how I would view it, where you target people that have large social followings. Mm-hmm. And reach out to them and say, hey, I'd like to make you this. Would if or would you mind sharing it? So the way I typically approach it is I ask if they'd be interested in you know, making a sign. So that's all the signs I've made um, that target companies or whatever are usually for people that have a large social following on whether Instagram or YouTube, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And I reach out to them and I say, Hey, I make laser cut signs of logos and other custom stuff. Would you be interested in me making a sign of your logo? And then if they respond, because some of them don't, uh, but if they respond, then we get into the conversation of, Hey, I'm just looking to get my name out there. I'm just trying to grow. I'd honestly be willing to do it for free. Uh, If you'd be willing to share it, that'd be great. If not, totally understand. Because then you're not committing them to anything. Mm -hmm. And usually if you make them something, they're more than willing to share it anyway. Cool. So that's kind of been my my target as of recently. Is because I want to grow my Instagram. So I've kind of reached out to people that I thought could help me do that by making signs for their brands or their logo or whatever it might be. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. See, I take a slightly different approach cause I don't do any promotional advertising stuff because I mean, for me, I would have to like hand carve somebody's logo or something like that, which I'm thinking about doing. I've come into coming to some, gar- you know, carving tools recently, but I would have to get a lot better at it unless they're, you know, either large, you know, where I can, I can really have decent amount of surface area to work with, or I just, you know, really focus my carving skills. Um, the thing that I, that I kind of do is just, you know, if somebody, Hey, says, Hey, can you, can you make me something? Can you make this or can you make that? Um, I normally, you know, try to do the best I can as far as if it's not a big thing, I just try to take whatever I have on hand and and make them something. I mean, I'm not going to make them garbage just because I have you know just because I have stuff laying around. It's just I'm not just going to slap something together for them. That's not how that's not how I work, and I don't think that's how you know most 
most makers would work. That's just bad business. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if somebody really wants something and I think I can do it with what materials I have on hand, I'm going to do it for a pretty reasonable cost, if not free. Um, because, you know, it, it, one, it's just, it's, you know, it's kind of good business at times. It's just, you know, hey, if, if you, if you say make somebody something small, they can sit on the wall or sit on the wall, like set on a counter or set on a shelf or hang on the wall. You know, that's, that's something that they're going to consider a kind of a focal piece. And hopefully other people will notice that as well and go, hey, who made that? Or, hey, where'd you get that? You know, because everybody sees these Pinterest things all the time of, you know, all these unique, you know, fancy decorations. And it seems like anymore half that stuff is not actually, no one made it. It's just someone dragged and dropped a photo from like Hobby Lobby because they, you know, they know how to style and set up a photo to make it look like it's homemade. And it's really not. It's just, you know, it's just stylized like that. So... I go for things that are, I guess, more in the smalls category, but things that, that I think will add, you know, a little bit of value to me. Also, like you said, you know, something that can help your Instagram. I know I had, um, had some, <laughs> had, a, had a relative that I haven't seen in quite a long time, uh, asked me last, last night or the night before about, um, you know, those live edge charcuterie boards that I do, you know, out of the yeah. cherry I worked on the last few days. Um, they saw that and they saw like, cause I'd really zoomed in on the brand cause I was trying to get Gearheart to, to maybe, um, you know, repost it or at least say something about it. Try to get some more people from Gearheart, uh, over, you know, over to my page. And they saw it on Facebook and was like, Hey, can you do this? And like put my name on it. I'm like, yeah, I can totally do that. I mean, I can technically me, I can't. I would give it to Bill or send it to you if it were, you know, if it were feasible like that. I probably will end up going to, I would end up going to Bill. But putting somebody's name on something, good advertising or, or you know, good promotion is, is, is great. Because I'm not just going to put put their name on it because they want their name on it. I'm also going to put my brand on it. I've learned that ever since having that brand and having a very unique, recognizable brand, I've had a lot of people ask about that because I have a have a unique look to it. I live in South Carolina. I have the Palmetto, but instead of having the what everyone would consider the crescent moon that goes along with the the Palmetto State flag, um, the South Carolina State flag, I actually changed it to the TriStar, which is the uh, the state flag for Tennessee. And everybody's like, "What's up with this like three star thing?" I actually had someone legitimately goes, "What's wrong with that with that brand? Why is there three stars on it?" And I know you know it came off you know because of you know on social media you can't clearly have you know clearly you know apply context to things it kind of seemed like it was a you know like hey what's wrong with that but it was you know more like hey that seems different why does it look that way and it got a little you know conversation going back and forth between me and this uh this other local woodworker because he he was from south carolina knew everything about it and he knew that the <laughs> the tristar didn't quite go with the palmetto so it's just little things like that that i think uh think go a long way and the other thing is, is um, you know, helping people out, um, not necessarily giving things away as far as furniture go, because furniture is a lot of time and it's a lot of materials. But maybe if somebody says they've got a tight budget, just maybe try to work with their budget. Yeah. Because furnitures are furniture's a big, you know, generally a big item. That is true. And it's going to be in your home or your apartment or I've got a guy right now that's wanting a, a coffee table. He, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get him to, to tell me exactly what he wants. He just said he kind of wants it this size. And 
for this cost? Well, I think I can do it for that cost and, you know, probably still make a little bit of money in the end. But if I don't make any money necessarily in my time, he's got something that somebody's going to see every day in his apartment that, you know, potentially could get him to drive more people over to me. Well, when you're first getting started, that's kind of what you have to do, unless you somehow find, I guess, the goose that lays the golden egg, <laughs> which I yeah, haven't some found. Of, but... Some of these people out there, you know, they they slap together a uh, slap together a rustic farmhouse table and you know put a thousand dollars on it, it's like, and it's gone all of a sudden. It's like, man, how in the world did you sell it for a thousand dollars? Yeah. So I mean, the signs. The signs for me are kind of where I've focused more for the, for the I guess the social marketing aspect of it. Because mm-hmm. really what we're talking about is that this is all, if you're thinking in the terms of a corporation, this is what would be a marketing budget. So you're kind of looking at it from a, how can I communicate what I do to other people? And whether you do it for at cost or whether you do it for free or whether you have clients that will pay you to do it, uh, which is obviously the best one. (laughs) That's what everyone wants. But sometimes you don't get that. So usually I set aside, okay, I have this much material I have on hand and I'll make this many custom signs. And then I decide who I want to try and target on social media to make the signs for. Uh, And when I first started out, it was like, because I had, you know, a hundred followers. I'd be if somebody had 5,000 to me, that was, wow, you know, I'll make one for them and maybe they'll share it and it'll bump me up. So when I started, it was, you know, I'd make them for people with 2000 followers or 3000 followers and I'd make it pretty cheap, like almost at cost. Um, And then some I did for free. And then as I started getting further, so I think when I got to like the, I'd say 1800 mark on Instagram Mm -hmm. is when I reached out to a couple, one of which was Mark Spagnuolo, the uh, Wood Wood Whisperer, Whisperer, and said, hey, would you be okay with me making a sign of your logo? And then, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing it, that'd be awesome. If you don't want to share it, that's cool too. But it gave me content to put on my Instagram mm-hmm. that I knew people would recognize because everybody recognizes the Wood Whisperer logo in our maker community. Yep. So I went ahead and made it, tried a new technique at the same time. I said, hey, I want to try to paint an engraving and have it be a different color than the background that was there originally. So not only did I use it as marketing, but I used it as a learning process to learn something new. And I did it for free so that... You know, if they didn't like it, it wasn't no big deal because they weren't out any money for it. Yep. And then once he got it, he ended up sharing a picture of it on Instagram. And I think I gained 250 followers that night uh, just from that. Um, So, and now I think I'm at like 2200 and something. So then I gained, because of that sign, people started looking at my next one. And it was maybe, I think last week I shared an assembly video of the armor tool sign. Mm-hmm. And that one got 4,000 views, which for me is a lot. 
I think the most views I had before that was like 500. Yeah, so 4,000 is, is like is pretty crazy. Yeah, to go from so, 400 or whatever to 4,000 in a week uh, worked out pretty well. So I started targeting other ones. And I have a couple that are already made. And the people that they're going to have said that they'll share them. And they're, you know, so, you know, like before I would target 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers. Uh, Mark was 150,000, I think. Mm-hmm. And then I made one for uh, Brad and a couple other people that are at 80,000 plus. And then the one I just finished yesterday, that person has 1.1 million. Is that the Jordan guy? He has 1.2 on YouTube. Oh, okay. But there's another one, Ryan Williams. He's a he's an athlete for Nitro Circus. Yep. So he has 1.1 million on Instagram. I don't even know how many on YouTube. But I started targeting people that were outside of our space because if it came down to it, everybody in our space could really make their own sign if they had the time. Because most True. people have the tools. So I tried to target people that either haven't seen what I do uh, or haven't seen other makers do what I do and or just get outside. Yeah. yeah. So I try to get outside of the maker community. So like Jigging with Jordan was for a YouTube channel that does scuba diving, uh, snorkeling, fishing, outdoor stuff. And then the Ryan Williams one is more of the scooter bmx x games athlete type stuff yep so i tried to reach out to just different communities because there's only so far you can get staying in our own like i'm still doing science for people in our community yep uh but once you get out of that that's where people are like whoa that's really cool because even in the maker community some people be like yeah i could do that whatever but there's people, you know, not many athletes bother making stuff usually. <laughs> they're, they're, that's not they're their... usually busy practicing tricks. So, you know, it was something new. It was something different. Uh, to be honest, at first I wasn't sure that it would go over very well trying to reach out to them to see if they even respond for that matter. Because uh, honestly, I've probably messaged maybe 50 different people about doing stuff like this and maybe 10 have responded. So you have to also not get discouraged by people not responding. Even if you're offering something for nothing, Mm -hmm. sometimes they either just don't see the message or they have so many followers, they get slammed with DMS or whatever. And they just don't have time to answer them all. I mean, like you kind of like you said earlier, this kind of goes back to a marketing sort of thing. My uh, my old boss, whenever I used to do marketing and promotional for for our company, um, he uh, he he told me the ten three one rule. You'll talk to ten people, three of them might listen, and one of them might actually care. So I mean, if you if you got you know, if you sent your, your message out to 50 people and 10 of them responded, you're doing a lot better than the 10-3-1 rule already. 
Well, and really, anytime I do it, I try to personalize it. The message, I don't just, like, copy-paste. Um, and usually I approach people that I consume their content. So I don't go to, like, you know, there's these people on YouTube that have 5 million subscribers, and it's their kids playing with kids' toys and reviewing them. Like, I wouldn't bother reaching out to somebody like that just because I don't follow them. I don't watch what they do so you're not going to make a sign for a makeup tutorial yeah like i wouldn't reach out to them as a target person (laughs) yeah so i would reach out to the people that i enjoy watching what they do so i enjoyed watching the scuba diving you know river treasure hunting videos that jigging with jordan did yep i like watching x games and i want like watching all the action sports and i used to try to do that kind of stuff back when I was a teenager. So that made sense to try and communicate with some of those guys. So I would say even if you're giving it away for free to like another social media person, it helps that if that you already follow them mm-hmm. and it helps that you already engage on their stuff. Yep. And you're not just randomly choosing some person out of the blue. That's legit. Because I find if you're interacting with them on there, or you're commenting, they'll at least see you're commenting, and then sometimes they're more likely to see your DM and actually answer it. So that has worked for me in the past, where I would DM somebody, nothing would happen. I would then start following them more on social and commenting on posts or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they'll respond. Hmm. So it makes a difference how much you're interacting. I mean, that's I, I, I can definitely say that for sure. <clears throat> I mean, one of my bigger clients from the beginning of the year, whenever I did all those charcuterie boards and serving platters and everything, um, I'd followed them for a while. They were a restaurant that I really enjoyed, probably one of my favorite restaurants in town. Um, I just happened to, to be there on a ra- random Saturday morning having brunch. Um, saw, like... I think I'd seen earlier in the day that they had posted about that brunch. So I went there, ate that particular thing they had posted about, and then commented on their post. The The person who runs their social media got in contact with me, said, hey, we've got, you know, maybe potential work for you. Um, what's, you know, what's your email address, things like that. So, I mean, little things like that. I mean, I wasn't even, you know, going there to, to approach them to do business. I just really enjoyed their business. And they enjoyed the fact that I enjoy their business. I mean, I, I it's probably my favorite restaurant. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the more you interact with people and the comment on their stuff, can, the yeah. yeah, the better they're gonna receive whatever you have to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna say that I have always done that, uh, but I've learned that the hard way, I guess, more and more. Yep. Yeah, you can't just be. You can't just be a random liker or a random commenter, just like, hey, that looks cool. If there's somebody that you really want to, you know, really want to engage with, engage with them. I mean, some of these huge accounts, yeah, they may not, they may not, you know, engage with you right away. They may not, you know, really remember who you are, but some of the, some of the people will, some of the people will definitely engage with you. Um, It just depends on who runs the social media. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, us as makers, as far as I'm aware of, all of us run our own social media. We have to. We're the we're the business owner. We're the we're the maker. We're the social media you know account. We're the we're the marketer. We're we're the we're the do everything. You know. Yeah. So you have to be that way, and you know, don't forget to comment on people that comment on things of yours. You Very can't true. do that either. You can't just ignore these people because you never know where it might lead. Yeah, don't do the set it and forget it. Don't yeah. post and leave. You need yeah. to you need to comment and, you know, interact. And it helps if you're commenting on somebody else's stuff. Don't just put nice or don't just put, you know, awesome. If you if you like it and you actually want to interact with them, put some effort into your comment. Um, I'm not saying I've always done that, but you generally get a better response if you're like, hey, that technique's really awesome. I'm amazed at your level of detail. Like, yep. they'll see that more so than the cool or awesome. And um, really, when it comes to this whole spending money to make money, Again, we're not saying that you have to go buy a bunch of tools you don't have to go make stuff just to For do free. this either. Yeah. And you don't and it's not necessarily about making stuff to give away. Yeah. It's about properly properly utilizing what you already have or properly utilizing your skills if things are kind of slow for you or or things are not building quick enough for you, branch out, you know. Trevor approached completely different people outside of a maker community. Luckily, signs are already Trevor's niche. I mean, that w that's clearly set you apart from the from most of us makers. I mean, that, there's not a whole lot of people that I know that make signs besides you and Bill. But Bill's that's literally Bill's you know job is to make signs. Yeah, and so. even the ones I make are different than his because he yeah, focuses it, more on the nurseries and weddings, and I try to focus more on the what I think is a cool logo or, you know, what I think is complex and will be a challenge. Like that Abel Baker brewing one I just finished last night. Yeah, that was, I was saw the video on that earlier. It's ridiculously cool. difficult to put together. And it, I don't think the video shows the justice because when you're, when you have like a piece that's inset into the middle and then you have to put a template and then put a piece around it, getting the template out of pieces that are sandwiching it together is extremely difficult. I think you need to start putting like a little tiny, like a little tiny, like tack in it. Like basically just to like help pull it up, you know, just like a little 10 penny nail. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to, cause this one, when I pulled it out, like I tried all kinds of different methods and finally got it out by taking an exacto knife and kind of prying it around mm -hmm. the corners. Uh, and then as soon as I pulled it out, I like snapped it in half. Because it just, as I was, there was pulling so, there it was out, so it much broke. tension. Well, the thing is, is yeah. you make your signs to such a tight tolerance. I mean, it's not like a hand cut sign or a jig, you know, jigsaw cut sign where it leaves, you know, a slight art margin for error. That that laser is what in like millimeters of thickness. What? If yeah, that. the kerf, the kerf on the laser beam is super small. Yep. So that it's enough to fit perfectly, but even if you added like one small coat of paint to an edge that piece will no longer fit where it was supposed to go yeah so when you see that the sides of a lot of my pieces are still black but the face is painted 
it's because I put all of the pieces into the template that it's going to be glued down with, and then I paint it. So only the face is exposed. So I know that those pieces will fit in the template when I go to glue it down. Yeah, I forget. Oh, Titebond used to put out a thing for how, like, how little glue you should have in a glue joint. And it was like, like they took a piece of paper or something and put a digital, or not digital, a dial caliper on it. It was like, all right, this is the thickness of a piece of paper. And then they showed the thickness that they have like optimized as their perfect thickness for a glue line. And the piece of paper was like three or four times as thick as the glue line should be. And piece of paper, I mean, it's you can't even really measure that unless you have dial, ca- you know, a dial caliper or a micrometer. Well, and that's actually, that video is part of why I don't use a ton of glue when I use my type bond stuff. It's because I've noticed that it just doesn't matter if you put a little or you try to overkill it with a lot. And sometimes I feel like putting too much is actually a negative because not only is it sometimes not as strong because it's trying to, your bond is basically a thicker layer of glue instead of trying to attach. It's not, it's not, it's not bonding the wood fibers together. It's basically just trying to bond glue to glue. Yeah. And then you end up having to clean up a huge mess. Yeah. The worst thing I've done is I have actually, while trying to do this stuff and make signs for people, I have glued the template to the sign and then had to throw the whole thing out before. I think I saw it. I think I saw one of those when that happened to you. It's been a while, but I almost did it yesterday. Well, I mean, you haven't lived here for, what, almost a year? Well, and really, it's been about a year to date almost or just about maybe a little bit longer that I even started making signs um so I've been able to to utilize them as a way to market myself so you know I try to pick ones with a lot of colors and that are kind of flashy so that when they post or pull up on my Instagram post um, people are drawn to them just from the coloring it's a good way to get yourself out there and it's a good way to grow your Instagram like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that I'm you know I'm not blowing up to 50,000 overnight or anything but I went from gaining you know two followers a week and then losing them because they were spam accounts or something to in the past couple of weeks, I've gained probably one or 200 a week because of the people I ended up targeting. And then people see the sign. And I think I had, from some of those signs and the hashtags that I used, I had, I think I looked up laser work as one of the hashtags. Mm-hmm. And like four of the top nine were mine nice and the same thing happened on i think either laser cutting or laser engraving where like one or two of the top nine were mine so that has helped and i think for me it was all about not only did i want to target people to try and grow my instagram Mm -hmm. but i needed content to put on instagram yeah because I try to post every day and I was running out of things to post and I didn't want to just make a bunch of junk to like leave in my house because I don't have room to put it. 
So that's where I was like, okay, who can I reach out to and talk to and make stuff for? And that way I'm getting something I can post on social media. They get something for free. And if they want to share it, they can. If they don't want to share it, I'm not going to make them. So I've made a couple signs where the person maybe shared it in their stories one time, but never made a post about it. And it's kind of like, okay, well, sometimes there are ones that don't pan out the way you thought. Yeah, some, the, you but know, that's not how it's going to go. Perfect. Yeah. I think this is one that I'm still experimenting with. The whole, you know, giving stuff away to try and make money. Mm-hmm. But actually, when we talked to Zach from Inventables, he that was one of his key things was give stuff away. Because that's where people are going to start asking questions about, oh, where did you get that cutting board? Or where did you get that dresser? Or where did you get that sign? Or where did you get those magnets? And people will start asking those questions. And as long as you did a good job and you interacted with the person you made it for well, they're going to tell that person exactly how to get a hold of you. So as soon as I made a sign for for Mark and he posted about it and he was willing to share it, I then got four or five DMs from people interested in getting a sign done in the next few months. So it does work its way out eventually because I've given away signs before and then nothing happened and nothing went well with it. So there are going to be discouraging times. So I want to kind of preface that up front. It's not always going to work out in a positive way. No, it's not. So you kind of just have to take it, get over it, move on, and try again. It's just sometimes it's not going to work out. Sometimes people will say they'll do something and they won't. It's just how it goes. And, I mean, I guess one piece of advice, and it's not the greatest piece of advice, but, I mean, it's something that that happens from time to time. Not everyone is destined to be a maker. You know, you may be really, really happy building stuff, but the selling it and getting, you know, getting people to buy it, stuff like that, is just very daunting and never never pans out. That doesn't mean you yeah. stop making completely. It's just you maybe find a different avenue. Maybe that's just your thing that that lets you de-stress. And you know, every six yeah, or eight if, months, you you build something new for a family member. I would say that if it's something you find very enjoyable and stress-free, trying to sell it is going to become stressful, regardless of what you do. And yes. even even just having people share my stuff. The amount of messages I started getting. So I went from like, I'd get one message a week. And now I get like 20. Which to me, it got to be a lot. Just because I wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to answer them all within hours of getting them. Because I didn't want them to wait like, you know, three days. I wanted to show them that I was interactive and that I can respond, and that I can help people. And even if it was just a question, I'd answer the question. Because I've also had people say, I'm impressed with, you know, how you comment on everybody's comment, you know, that leaves a meaningful one, that you answer all the messages you're getting. That goes a long way. So if you try to grow your Instagram, and you're not ready 
to field messages or comments or likes or whatever, also be prepared for that side. Because if it truly starts growing, even if it's slow, you're going to start getting more messages and you're going to start getting more comments and you'll have to basically answer them all if you want people to keep interacting with you. Yep. The lime not the limelight may not always be blinding, but once it's on you, it's on you. Well, I'm sure there's people that have blown up to, you know, have gained 10,000 followers in a week. I haven't, but I know there have been people that have done that. And no, I can we only can, imagine We can't all be a we can't all be a Mark Spagnolo. <laughs> I can only imagine how many messages you would go from by gaining 10,000 followers. It'd be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd encourage people to, even if they don't know if they want to sell, kind of just give a few items away that they made for fun that might be sitting around the house and say, you know, give it to a family member or even like a realtor or as a wedding gift. I've given away like three cutting boards as wedding gifts and people were ecstatic. And I was like, I was like, I know for sure I'm gonna end, I would end up spending a hundred dollars on something on your registry that you may never remember who gave that to you. Yeah. Do you remember They'll... who gave you pots and pans? No. Do you know no. who's gonna remember? You do remember who gave you this cutting board? Yes, because you know their brand is in it. <laughs> I remember who gave us our liquor glasses. <sighs> that sounds That's... like another. That sounds like a whole other problem, man. But that well. That's because they're <laughs> that's because they're the nice, you know, like heavy almost leaded glass. Yeah, like you know the glasses we had before were from like Walmart and mm-hmm. if you used them too many times they'd like snap in your hand. Yep. But these are like the thick glass and it has the nice like decanter with it so you're kind of like okay, these are really nice. And we remember like who gave us our KitchenAid. So the things you really wanted or the things that were really personal are the things that people remember. Yeah, I've got So a... a personalized cutting board would be perfect. Or the thing is, even if you have a cutting board, like, and for some reason it's just not sold, that my last one I, I gave away just was not selling for what I thought it was, for what I thought it was worth. Maybe I overestimated, I don't know. But I gave it away as a wedding gift, and she, she couldn't be any happier. I, you know what? They've been married for almost a year, so I need to get in contact with her again and be like, hey, y'all still have that? <laughs> it's like well, you didn't lose then. it, right? Even if you had it laying around, find somebody local that can engrave it and make it personal in five minutes. Huh. I wonder I wonder who engraved that cutting board for me. Bill. I think that no, that was <laughs> oh. that was the very first thing you ever engraved for me. Oh, well that worked out, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Because prior to that I was like, What's what the heck's an what's the heck's a laser engraver? Isn't that what they do to like kids' baseball trophies? You know? Exactly. <laughs> so what what advice do you have for people coming out of this? Because we're kind of coming up we're, on we're time coming for up on our wall. Yeah, um, I guess to I guess circle circle the wagons here or circle back around. Um, start with smalls. Smalls are a good thing. You normally most makers have scraps of some variety around. Um, smalls can be given to realtors, to friends, to family. I've definitely referenced the family card in the past. To like we said. Uh, people as wedding presents or shoot a groomsman get a groomsman's gift just things that have you know some 
I guess, significance to them because they came from you as a personalized gift will mean more. Yes, it may not be this extravagant $1,000 item, but it's not going to be a, you know, go purchase at Walmart for a seven or eight bucks sort of item. So just make things personalized. Make things that, things you would want to have, but since you're a maker, you probably already have a dozen different varieties of them anyways. Give them as gifts. That's that's one of the bigger things I can say. Um, if if you are of the you know CNC or laser engraver variety, maybe try to start doing those promotional items. I think something that I would really love to have, and unfortunately I didn't ask Trevor whenever he was here, is a um, one of those like magnetized um, uh, little name, name things, nameplate or yeah name badge. You know, I know all the Woodcraft employees have them. I think mm-hmm. those are done on a CNC. So they, I don't remember. I'd have to I, look can't, I can't remember. I'd have to. I'd have to look. It's been I, a while since I, I went to Woodcraft. Laser, but okay, but I mean, those would be perfect. I know for sure. Like whenever I'm at the shop, whenever I have my open shop days at the market, I sell stuff at. I think it would be nice to have my name on it, and you know, hey, it's it's clearly a woodworking related item. So those yeah. are things that I can say, Trevor. I mean, you've covered a lot of the bases here because I know you've been cranking out a lot of a lot of smalls here lately. Yeah, the I would say if you're in the CNC or laser, or even if you are interested in getting into it but don't necessarily have one, start designing stuff that you think people would want to have, or target people and say, "Hey, I'm trying to get into laser engraving." I think your logo would make cool, you know, magnets or whatever. What do you think about me making you like 10 free magnets and then have them done at a makerspace or pay to have them done at a local person's um, shop and you're going to lose money. I mean, I lost money up front, Uh, but the benefit to that is if you reach out to say a company and you say that, if they like them, they will potentially order them for things like trade shows. So you might give away 10, but they might order 50 later. So you're going to make your money back eventually. I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to work every time. Uh, but, I mean, I I think I spent, you know, 5 or $10 to make some magnets and keychains for a company and then they turned around and ordered 50 magnets from me. So I immediately made my money back on that one. But it doesn't always happen. So that's where we're getting back to the spend money to make money. It won't always work. But I feel eventually if you keep at it, um, it'll work out. Now, if you get through like the first five and you get super frustrated and you're like, this isn't for me. Well, maybe that's your make it or break it point where you decide if you really want to do this and try to make it a business. Kind of like the whole YouTube content creator. You know, the first 10 videos or whatever you put out may get five views. So there's going to be discouraging times. There's plenty of discouraging times. I definitely had my discouraging times last week as a maker. Um, And that's almost what we did this episode about this week. Um, But... You know, you just got to fight through it. And if you ever have issues or concerns or anything like that, reach out to us because don't worry, we hit these roadblocks all the time. Last week was a bad week for me. I just wasn't really feeling it as a maker. 
But I got in the shop, and cleared my head, and, and was able to just focus on what I was doing and not worry about the monetary right then. Just yeah. try to make a better product of what I had. That's all you can really do. Motivation Monday. Yep. Always, do, always do better even if no one's going to ever see it. Correct. But, you know, get out there and find somebody to target, message them. You know, see if they'll want something free that you make in exchange for a shout-out or even, you know, just to share with friends. Because worst-case scenario, nothing happens with it or they say no. Which, I mean, I've wasted money on dumber things. So, you know, having somebody say no or giving away a sign and having nothing happen with it. I know I've wasted more money on you know, things growing up that would not have had a potential long-term. All those years when you thought you were going to be a professional skateboarder or something like that? It was skiing, but I was trying. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Like you said you were into sports and, like, <laughs> yes, X game. I yes, don't know. That's true. But, you know, no. I even then, there's tools in my shop that I don't really use anymore. Like my scroll saw. Like, at any point, you can send anything my way, and I will be more than happy to receive. I'm it. sure you would. <laughs> I would. I would even pay for the shipping, man. It might be cheaper to just buy it new. Uh, you know how many? You know how many scroll saws I've seen lately? Like in the box, still in the box. Wow. And I just haven't pulled the trigger on them because I don't mm. know if I if I'd ever get into scroll saw. Yeah. So I mean. There's potential long-term payout to this whole spend money to make money. And if you really want to do this, I think it's a good idea from a marketing standpoint. And really, that's what it is. It's your marketing budget as a maker. So you're, if you're thinking of yourself as a corporation, you, you are the marketing department. And that's what they do. I mean, look at Isotunes. Look at HomeRight. Look at... All the companies giving away, you know, headphones or sprayers to get into the maker community and get people interested in their stuff. That's that's what it is. They're giving away and they're spending money in hopes that they're going to have a return on their investment. They're giving away a dozen, you know, a dozen free sprayers in a year and they've picked up 5,000 new potential customers. Exactly. I mean, every single one of these giveaways, hey, you have to, you have to like this, you have to follow us, you have to come, yep. you know, they're all, it's all being driven to their page, so. It's part of the game. Oh, yeah. So, but I think that about does it for this week. What do you I think? I think it does, man. I think it does. Well, uh, you get back to your kids and I think I'm yep. gonna, gonna call it for the night. I will get back on furniture restoration tomorrow. I'm gonna go help my kids with their homework. All right. Have fun, man. Take it easy. All right. See you later. Thank you for listening to our show. Be sure to check out MakerVisionPodcast.com. We'll post valuable resources, tips, and info about anything we've talked, into, talked about in today's shows or past shows. And all these things are to help your Maker Vision become a Maker Reality. If you have any questions or suggestions or any comments about what you heard today or, once again, in previous episodes, feel free to... Drop us a line at makervisionpodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at makervisionpodcast, 
or through mine and Trevor's personal Instagram accounts, and that is Old South Woodcraft or Maker Experiment. If you like the show, please give us a five-star review and, a, and just some really nice words to, to let us know how good we're doing. Or if you didn't like it, let us know what you didn't like about it. Either way, we're happy to hear from you. And you can go and do that on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Once again, thank you for joining us on our podcast, and we really look forward to hearing, hearing from you next week. 